Michelle, Hope with Michelle, bringing you hope today from my car. I'm in north central Indiana, and our grandkids are on the Lake City show ski team. And today, they have six different teams in from all over this region to come in and perform for an hour on the water, and each ski team um, presents a story. There are barefoot, barefoot skiers, our granddaughters are in pyramids, and they do all kinds of fun stuff. Um, and it's kind of scary to watch, but it's raining today, and even though it's raining, they're out there. And so um, I'm happy for them because if they love this, then I'm happy, right? We're always happy if our kids or our grandkids are happy. So I'm going to talk to you today about hope and being happy. Um, hope, I saw this uh, somewhere on Facebook this week. Hope, have only positive expectations. H is for have, O is for only, P is for positive, E is for expectations. So hope is having only positive expectations. I like that. I like that a lot. So we try to do that, don't we? Um, parents of addicted loved ones, so sometimes we don't have any hope. And our world can seem really dark. But we got to have hope, and that keeps us going. So today I want to talk about self-care. Self-care. If you're like me, when our kids were in the throes of active addiction, uh, I didn't really take care of myself very well. I couldn't think about myself, and I knew I was having trouble thinking about what I should have been thinking about, but I didn't know how to refocus. I just didn't know how to get back on track. Typically, I'm a very positive person, so this was difficult for me. Um, and, you know, I would I would try, but I, I wasn't always good at it. So today I want to bring you some tools and things to think about. Um, and again, I'm reading, I'm still kind of, I, I'm in and out of a lot of books, but today I'm reading Beyond Addiction again, How Science and Kindness Help People Change. And I want to be able to help people with kindness. I just think that sounds fantastic. And oftentimes as moms, we're told tough love, just kind of, you know, stay away from your addicted loved one, sever your relationship, let go, all that. And we don't always think of kindness when we think of our addicted loved one. We just want to scream at them. And sometimes we do. So um, it's not always it's not always easy, but I I wanted to tell you about this book because I just think it's really good. There's a lot of great things in it. Jeffrey Foote, F O O T E, Carrie Wilkins, and Nicole Kasanke. So um, it's called Beyond Addiction: How Science and Kindness Help People Change. Um, and one of the things they talk about, well, it's just so filled with great stuff, but today I want to talk about self-care. And I think it's really important because children do what children see. Children do what children see. Yes, our, addict, our addicted loved ones may not 
see us doing um, so have a problem with substance use right now but for instance our grandkids are on the ski team and they have mentors from oh boy their age six years old all the way up to 60 and they're they're all on their team and they're doing and they're learning and they're working together as a team and when our addicted loved ones look at us we have to lead them and boy it's hard because we just want to tell them what to do because it'd be so much easier if they would just listen and do what we tell them but we can't so all we can do is take care of ourselves right ourselves so what are you doing to take care of yourself what are, what are you doing? If, if your addicted loved one knows that you're hovering over them and you are filled with anxiety and apprehension and anger and every time you're near them, um, you're seething or you're anxious or they think that that's all you do is think about them and you don't really think about anything else, they hate that they hate that they are already filled with shame they don't want to be drug addicts they want to be able to stop this they want it to be easy and it's not if it were easy we wouldn't have any drug addicts right so we need to take care of ourselves because in doing so we build strength right to tolerate what we can't change and change what we can so all we can change is our reaction to them um, so one of the first things we have to learn how to do is stay calm oh yeah right <laughs> yeah I get it it's not easy stay calm so what does that look like for you what does that look like and as a writer one of the things I'm going to recommend you do is start a journal and on that journal, in that journal, maybe make a list of the things that help you stay calm. And maybe the next time you're really angry about something your addicted loved one did, make a list of all that. I used to do that. Um, and, and I don't know if it's just me because I'm a writer, but I can purge on a paper and I get in front of my typewriter and I just type all the things that I'm angry about. And it's kind of like putting it on a shelf and then, or in a box, put it in a box and then I close the lid and say, okay, that's over there and now I gotta work on me. So let's, let's go back to staying calm and working on you. What does that look like? Have you ever tried to meditate? Have you tried to go out for a walk or run? You might say, well, I don't have that kind of time. Well. There are apps that you can download for free on your phone that are different kind of music or noise, white noise, that help you relax, help you meditate. Um, but if we could understand how much our anxiety is hurting our child or ruining you know, our life, then maybe we can stop our cycle in, in the process of their pain or in the process of their addiction. 
And we can become a part of the solution in that we become our own entity free from their problems and free to find happiness in those things that we enjoy. In your journal, make a list of all those things you love doing. I used to do watercolor. I haven't done watercolor in so long. And I'm not saying I'm good at it. I just mean when I was doing it, I forgot about everything else I was doing. What is that for you? What have you ignored? And why have you stopped? What is something that you can do to start that up again? Even if it's sitting at home watching a YouTube video about doing something that you always wanted to learn. Good grief. We have Google at our fingertips, right? And maybe it's just listening to a motivational TED talk or watching somebody do yoga and standing in our living room and laughing, laughing our heads off at ourselves as we try those moves or something. Um, some of my young writer friends we used to meet for writers group, they used to love to watch these lip syncing videos on YouTube. I, they used to laugh so hard about it. I still to this day have not done that. But laughter can really help us to um, stay calm, stay in a different frame of mind. Um, so, so what happens is we, we learn to have a life outside of our addicted loved one. And once they see that we're content, oh, and that we're coping, oh, and that we're not just so absorbed in everything they're doing, oh, like, okay, you guys, go figure it out. I'm going to go to my writer's group now. Or, okay, I hope that works for you. Um, talk to you later. I'm going to go exercise with my friends or take a walk or walk the dogs. Or make yourself a priority because you are a priority. If we don't make time for our wellness, our illnesses will suck the time right out of us because we're going to get sick um, and I know I'm really working on this I'm, I'm not here saying I'm really good at this I have to really try and I put on 10 pounds in the last year that that has never happened to me but um, hey I, I'm sure that my stress is a part of that and so if I were to journal about hey where, how much I weigh last, you know, last year at this time, and what has changed in my life since then? And maybe if I wrote a journal of what kinds of things I'm eating when, it might tell me something. Um, oftentimes, we're not even aware of what we're doing or not doing. So this week, and maybe next week, start a journal. Start an awareness journal and start writing things down and go back. And when you're having a really bad day, go back and read about a day that you had that was really happy and tell yourself, yes, right now is a bad day and I'm in this bad moment, but it's not going to be forever. It's not, I promise you, because there are happier days coming because we know we've had them in the past, right? We have to hope, hope, right? And think positive. 
only have positive expectations, right? Um, so we expect our children to learn from our behavior. You know, when they're little, don't walk signs, try to curse less. You know, we try to be good around our grandkids, our kids. And um, when we make a goal for ourselves to be healthier and happier, um, and our addicted loved one is miserable and neglecting his own basic needs, um, we're going to send a message over on our side where it's a good life and it's happy and they're going to see us coping better. They're going to want a piece of that. I have to believe that. Have you ever been around somebody who's like a Debbie Downer and nobody ever wants to be around that person, right? And imagine having a boss who is just hovering over you all the time, watching your every move, anxious that you're going to do something wrong or hit you over the head with, you know, an accusation of how stupid you are and what poor choices you're making. It's suffocating. And so we have to let go, let go without giving up. Um, And in order to let go without giving up, we need to make ourselves a priority. So reducing our own suffering is good for not only us, but everyone around us. Because when we start to feel better, it, we gradually put distance between ourselves and all those negative energies. Um, we begin to have more patience for how we deal with problems. There will be less tension um, and less pain maybe in our relationship with our loved ones, with our addicted loved ones. Um, and we'll be setting a good example. I love that. Um, and, and these kind of things are all in our control. All in our control. So today my goal is for you to start a journal and keep track of what you're doing, what you're eating. How many hours are you sleeping at night? Are you exercising? What are you doing for you? And if this was your story, okay, and you're at the beginning, and the inciting incident is that you've, you're losing your child you're to drugs or alcohol, and if this was your story and you come out at the other end, where there's this big black moment and everything comes to a head and then all of a sudden your child has this aha moment or you have this aha moment and you get to the other side of your pain, of the lie, and it's a happy ending. What does your happy ending look like? And what can you do to prescribe, to write that for yourself? How would you write that? Maybe sit down and journal about that, write about that and how you perceive your ending to look like. Um, doesn't have to be the end of your life, but it could be. I mean, how do you want to leave a legacy, right? Um, because when we're suffering with our addict and waiting for the phone to ring or waiting for them to change, it's kind of like the pot, waiting for a pot to boil just takes forever, right? All we can do is worry about ourselves. So 
take a look at your own life and how you can make positive changes for you, for you, and hope and pray in the process of doing that, your addicted loved one will notice your change and that you have taken the focus off of them and instead put the focus on yourself. And document that. Date it. And let me know how that works for you. I'm going to pray that in doing this, you have an awareness that changes your life for the better. In the meantime, God bless. Take care. And keep reaching for hope.